BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. We're rocking in the new year, the final show of the year for us. Well, the final uh, sports rage. We're going to be on tomorrow during the Michigan game. Join us at 1 o'clock. And uh, we hope you enjoy your New Year's uh, Eve tomorrow night. Uh, usually I'm on Sundays with Scotty Farrell every Sunday during the NFL. I wasn't on last week because, um, what was it last week? Um, it was Christmas. <laughs> that was what it was. It was Christmas. And uh, so I wasn't on uh, last week. And um, this week, I'm, I'm doing the Michigan game instead of doing the NFL on uh, New Year's Day, right? Scotty Farrell doesn't go as hard as he used to, so he's more, uh, he can handle doing um, 10, it's 10 in the morning, you know what I'm saying? Didn't really feel like doing 10 in the morning on New Year's Day, Matthias, you know? You imagine? Imagine if I told you, yeah, where were you, you got to work with me 10 in the morning on New Year's Day, you wouldn't be too happy about it. <laughs> And it's not just being happy about it. Like, you'd probably be violently ill at that time. That's the problem. Like, for me, it's not so much like, yeah, I'm a diva. And I'm like, nah, I'm not doing that. It's like, yeah, listen, I don't think I can physically do that. <laughs> like, you know, the Christmas one was a good idea because I was even, oh, I'm going to join him. I'm going to I'm gonna join him as a guest and stuff like that. And uh, I don't know. I got into... Uh, I drank a bunch of wine, white wine and other drinks, but for whatever reason, when I long story short, I ran out of what I was drinking and there was a bunch of red wine in front of me and then I busted in the red wine and uh, that really, really was not a good idea. So yeah, my Christmas, I kind of missed Christmas Day to be honest with you last week. I went hard Christmas Eve. <laughs> I went, I'm dead serious. I went hard Christmas Eve. I went to a Christmas Eve party. Went hard Christmas Eve. Christmas, I was wiped out. Um, but there was only a few games, right? Because the games were on Saturday. So I saw the NFL games. But even though I'm going to be wiped out, I'm going to watch the NFL games. But I'm, I'm going to be on the air with Harrison tomorrow. So join us. I, don't, I haven't done Saturdays in a while. I used to do it all the time. But uh, we used to do Saturday afternoons a lot. But uh, we look forward to it. I figure, listen, if I'm watching the game, I might as well do the game, right? That's the way, you know, that's the way I see it. If I'm, you know. And also... You say, well, you know, you're a Michigan fan. Maybe you want to, you know, it's New Year's Eve. Michigan's playing. You can start just have some drinks and, you know. Yeah, but it's pretty early anyways. It's probably, it's not a good idea to start drinking at one in the afternoon. You can if you want. You'll have a good time and stuff. But something bad will happen at some point in the day. (laughs) So, so it's perfect. We'll do the show. It'll lead into uh, after after the show. Basically, hopefully they win. Uh, we'll crack a couple of celebratory pops. We'll watch Georgia and Ohio State, and then I'm going on a uh, on a uh, party cruise. And speaking of which, 
Um, it's not as loud as the weekend was. I got, you know, it's pretty crazy. The weekend was the loudest one in the ball. Elton John played. Elton John was the best sounding one. Where like Elton John was like you're listening to the radio type thing. It was so like clean, like it was very. But right now uh, the Chainsmokers are playing like right beside me. Like basically like my windows were shaking pretty much. Like it's loud, loud, but it's not as loud. The weekend was louder for whatever reason. I don't know why. But I think also like this chain smoker stuff. But I like the chain smokers. Or they've got some good songs, but I'm pretty sure it's them. They're the headliner, but it all sounds the same. It's just like sort of like club music. Countdown to kickoff is on. Shout out to our boy Big Jim tuning in uh, right now. Go Blue. Michigan, the Wolverine fans uh, tuning in in the late night hours are here. We appreciate it. Big Jim tuning in. I know he's in Arizona. Sometimes he's he's, he's listening uh, on, on, on AM radio, but tonight he just sends us a picture of him tuning in on Sirius XM. He says he's going to be 20 rows from the field, actually. I'm a little bit uh, jealous. And I'm not going to lie, I made a big mistake. I made a big mistake. Um, I was going to go to the... I was going to go and... Tickets for the Fiesta Bowl tomorrow—they're like two hundred bucks. They're not expensive, right? Like good seats aren't even that. Like you know what I mean? It's like one hundred and fifty bucks to get into the building or type thing. Like it's not you know over overkill. Seems like there's a ton of Michigan fans, and I don't know if like if Jim and anyone else there right now can attest to this, but it seems to me that it's like you know Wolverine fan have taken over has taken over Glendale. But um, see, so yeah, we didn't. Um, we were like, all right, I'm going to go to the game, but I don't want, you know, this is no, not a dismissal of TCU at all because even I was thinking this before was TCU, but I'm like, man, I'd rather go to the championship game than a semifinal game. That was that was my mentality. Yeah, to be honest, I I'm, I do regret it right now. I, I would, even if they make it, I would have rather watch the championship game, just I'll watch that on TV. And like, it's New Year's Eve, it's Arizona. <clears throat> It's going to be a great time. You can bet on sports in Arizona. You can get your bets in. You can party. Uh, everything is legal in Zona. So it would be a great time. Great weather. You know, cheap, cheaper tickets. Dude, the cheapest ticket to get into the championship game is $1,400 right now. I'm very curious to see what happens uh, after, like, when we know who's playing. Because I don't know. I don't know, like, what the, the people selling these tickets are, are expecting. Right, I guess they're thinking it's Michigan. Michigan have a lot of alum. They have a rich, like they have a rich, rich like alums, right? Because Georgia, Georgia have already won. I'm not so sure Georgia fan. You know, I'm not saying none of them go, but I think they want Ohio State, Michigan for the cash aspect. Rob Vino next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Channel one five nine on the Sports Grid Radio Networks, the pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people, the bust them, and everybody else in between. We're throwing it down. Countdown to New Year's is on. Countdown to the college football playoffs are on. Rob Vino is ready to do this thing. The New Year's celebrations have begun in Philadelphia, PA. Rob Vino, wagertalk.com, Rob Vino Sports.com steps up and in a late um, Merry Christmas, uh, Rob, although we did speak uh, last week. A happy New Year. Let's do this thing. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing great, buddy. Happy New Year to you, too. Hope Christmas was good for you. And, uh, boy, we got some action to look forward to this weekend game. I tell you what, I was, you know, imagine the sports books. Like, how many how many drunk bets, how many, like, mistake bets are going to be made on New Year's <laughs> Eve going into NFL? <laughs> hey, 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 I've been around myself, and I've, <laughs> I hate to admit it, but I still find myself sometimes, Rob, where I wake up in the morning and I look at my account, and I'm like, oh, like, what did I do? What? Oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> Sometimes it's not so much the teams, Rob. So I don't wake up in shock. It doesn't happen often because I don't like drinking the night before gambling. You know what I mean? It doesn't mix. So right, um, or sports doesn't. You don't want to fun a casino, whatever. You know, you know what I mean, though. But dude, sometimes like the you know my the units that I'll have, I'll wake up. I'm like, whoa, like really? I put sixteen hundred on that. <laughs> I'll be like, okay. I don't know what I thought at the time, but like it's funny. I'll trust the drunk me, Rob. I'll be like, I don't know. You must have known something at the. You must have, you know, you must have had something to do, a reason to do this uh, at the moment. But all kidding aside, hey, New Year's Eve, and I said this before, Rob. Uh, you know, in you know, all these congressional hearings and this, that, and this, and all that, you know, they're wasting taxpayers' money all the time. There should be a congressional hearing how there's not any college football on January first, and the NFL is playing on January first, which is a travesty. But New Year's Eve, NFL, college football playoffs, what a big weekend. Yeah, you know, just traditionally, Gabe, I mean, I've spent a lot of years now, New Year's Day, eating ravioli and watching traditional bowl games. I'm not going to get that chance this year. i got to watch a little NFL, but it makes Monday a good day um, for the bowl games. And, of course, we have national semifinals here along with little Alabama, Kansas State. So there's plenty for us to, uh, you know, invest some units on. And I think that, you know, when you were talking just now, it reminded me that, you know, when I lived in Las Vegas, I talked to a lot of guys running sports books, and they used to say, or, or even casino games, they used to say the people they were afraid of the most were the ones who had been drinking and would just press relentlessly because they really don't know what they're doing, and they wind up getting lucky. So maybe a couple of those times you looked in and got a little fatter account than, than a lesser account. I like. It's funny that they admit they don't like the randomness of the drunk better. Right? It's true. You don't really know what the drunk better is going to come up with. Trust me. Over my years, uh, Rob, I can tell you some stories as well from Vegas. One, one quick one. It was funny. When it was a UFC card, and it was one of those just great days. Like, I just crushed everything. Like, it was just one of those. They started off strong, college football on a Saturday. Went to a UFC over at, uh, at the MGM. And um, I think that was Mandalay, actually, whatever, MGM or Mandalay, went to the UFC, crushed the UFC, like, but all like in, uh, in ticket form, right? So, like, I had like a stock of tickets, man. So, in ticket form. But while it was at Mandalay, that's it, because I remember I placed like, I was like, oh my God, I'm killing it today. And before I went into the UFC, I placed like, uh, you know, the whack action type stuff in the Mountain West, you know what I mean? The Fresnos and uh, like the more late, late football. And I swept the board. It was like one of those sweep the board type of deals. Killed the UFC. And I had tickets spread out all over the city. 
but I walked into the uh, I walked into the stratosphere of all places, and I don't know they owe me like eight thousand. Okay, and um, Rob, it was like two, three in the morning type thing. Of course, the sports book was closed, but drunk right. me, of course, went to the cage. <laughs> hey, where's my money? Yeah, my, my money. And it got to the point where they, like, some kind of knew me, and it got to the point where they were like, listen, dude, like, do you really think it's a good idea? Like, do you really want $8,000 right now at right. 3 in the morning? And I gave him the old, hey, it's my effing money. Don't, don't tell me what to do. You're not my parents. You know what I mean? I gave him the <laughs> But he was like, I never forget him. Like, go, okay. And it was like a big pain in the ass, like, for them to give me the money at that time. I mean, it is, right? It was a separate department. Like, he's like, you know, they'll do it if they really have to. It's like, he's like, okay. And I never forget, he gives it to me and he goes, I hope you lose it all. <laughs> That's what he told me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, I, I, I can't tell the whole story because it's AM radio, but I went out after. Okay, so I hit the tables. Yeah. Everything was fine, but I went out after. And I'll never forget waking up that morning, the next morning. And I had just the fear of God, Rob. You know what I mean? I was like, why do I have a flashback of me cashing these tickets out? And I was like, oh, my God, you did. I was like, you made a big scene at the cage about getting your money. And... <laughs> And then I was like, you know that fear when you just dip your hand in your pocket and you're like, please tell me I didn't like do too many stupid things, right? Like, and I was down like 1,400. I was like, you know what? I think I only have like 1,400 less. So like most normal people would be in a panic. What happened to the 1,400 bucks? But me, Rob, I was like, you know, that's pretty good actually. I was like, I was like, that's not bad. There's only like a dime unaccounted for. <laughs> that's a good night. Yeah, it was it was it was a good night. Good memories, uh, good times in Las Vegas. All right, so before we get to the, the college uh, football playoff, uh, K State and the Crimson Tide, interesting matchup, sitting at seven right now at FanDuel. Uh, totals fifty five and a half in this game. We know K State are focused, motivated. This is a measuring stick for them to take down a, a big time team like Alabama. And you get Alabama. You could argue in past years, people always think sometimes these SEC teams or a team like Alabama will feel disappointed or let down that they're not playing in the playoff. But it seems like Alabama has their eyes, you know, in, in front of them for this football game. If they didn't, Young and Anderson wouldn't come back and play. But is the point spread too high? Total 55 and a half. Should we be betting over here, Mr. Vino? What's your take? Well, I got in on Alabama. I got in. I laid, I think, six last week. Um, it was five and a half, five and a half. And then, you know, I thought in the beginning, Gabe, that I was going to be contrarian, exactly to your point. Um, <clears throat> I had seen Nick Saban, like everybody did, campaigning for his team to be part of that Final Four. They got the door slammed in their face. And he seemed a little irritated by that, that Ohio State got the call over them. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I don't think Alabama's going to be unmotivated to play in this somewhat minor bowl for them. You know, uh, I think Nick Saban's kind of PO'd. And then, on the afternoon when they announced that Bryce Young and Will Anderson were going to play and the opt-outs were minimal at best for Alabama, I thought to myself, you know, not only is the coach motivated, these players want to play too, and they got a point to prove here against a team that they can prove a point against just because personnel-wise they're better. So I got in at six. We saw it creep to six and a half. Now, as you mentioned, up to seven. I still think they're the right size. You know, power readings that I keep gave on a neutral field suggested Alabama minus 13. And we're still sitting at seven. I think this line is going to creep up a little bit, but I do think that they're ready. They're going to be ready to play. Starts from the head coach, trickles on down. You got two guys that are going to play in this game that some draft experts are projecting to be the number one and the number two pick overall, not first and second round, but number one and number two overall in Young and Anderson. So I like the Bama side here. I couldn't talk anybody off 
total. The only thing that scares me is I think Alabama, again, using the, uh, using the theory of motivation here, I think they probably have painted a target on Deuce Vaughn's chest. And it, it's nice for K-State that Malik Knowles, the wide receiver, is going to pl- play. Remember, he got hurt against TCU because that three-headed monster of Will Howard, Deuce Vaughn, and Malik Knowles is what K-State lives on offensively. But I don't think they hold up in the trenches. And I think if Anderson gets loose against this quarterback and that running back, K-State could be in trouble. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you're talking about right now. Um, you know, I, I listen, K-State, are, you know, they're going to throw. They're going to throw some haymakers. But you got to wonder over the course of three and a half, four hours, if it's going to catch up to them. And, you know, you're kind of selling me on Alabama's. Well, you know, I knew they were focused, but – also interesting that they're playing before the playoff and Saban was asked like is it how diff you know how weird is it that you're playing before the playoff and he goes I'm not even thinking about that he goes I'm just thinking about winning this football game but you know at the same point in time as you stated they feel as though they should be there a lot of people feel like come on they, they are one of the top four teams in the country and I think they almost he Saban almost likes this and he they can sell this right guys let's go out there and kick the crap out of them make our point and then see what happens in the playoffs right See what happens, and, and, and especially sit back and if Ohio State gets blasted. See, told you so, right? Like, I almost like the fact that it's right before the playoffs because they know everyone's going to be watching. They they, they want to make that point. But uh, we, we got we got a break coming up here. More on the other side with Rob Bino. This is Sports Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. So, Rob, before we get to the college football playoff, you and I always talk about totals. And I do lean with the over in the Alabama K-State game. There's always the concern that Alabama just suffocate them, but I think Alabama's going to score enough. I think they'll both score enough uh, for us to get there. But how about this low total of 31 and a half, man, with Kentucky and Iowa? Man, 17-16 gets us there, Rob. You're right, Gabe. And as I like to say, you can get 31 by mistake in college football nowadays. So, I mean, you know, we could go through the list of negatives, right? Both offenses stink, and not only do they stink, but neither one has a starting quarterback. It's worse for Kentucky because you don't have Will Levis, and you're going to play a redshirt freshman. On the other side, Spencer Petras, eh, who, who really cares? But And Alex Padilla has had some time at quarterback. He's thrown 157 passes in his Iowa career. They have a little edge. But, again, this is two defensive-minded guys and no real receivers on either side of the field. I kind of trust Kentucky, Gabe, to um, pull out something more bowl-like as far as offensive balance or diversity is their play-calling diversity is concerned because Iowa always sticks to the game plan and doesn't really break free. There were a couple of instances over the course of the last 15 years where I thought they threw it a little bit more than they normally would, but I don't think they'll do it here. Um, I, I got to admit, 
I'm not involved in this game. There's p potential for rain showers all four quarters. You put these two teams in the mud offensively um, on a grass field or at least on a, on a wet field. And I don't know what to make of it, but I think if you ask me, you know, you got to make a play, Rob. Fit some of that, you know, eight grand that I just collected at the cage at 3 a.m. I'd probably lean towards Kentucky. <laughs> Rob Vino, kick it with us. Yeah, better times. Trust me. I remember collecting anything in the last couple of days, these damn bowl games. I'm glad that we're going into the college football playoff. So let's get to it right now. The college football playoffs, you know, they felt like they were forever away. It was just like so, you know what I mean? So, so far in the distance. And then, boom, here it is right now, rapidly approaching just hours away the only thing that has really moved has been the total from 58 uh, and a half to 57 and a half with tcu and michigan what are your thoughts and feelings on the fiesta bowl between the horn frogs and the wolverines i'll start real quick with the power rating gabe i made michigan minus 12 which i'd opened nine and a half there was some wiggle room there it's been bet down seven and a half here. I don't know that I understand it, to tell you the truth. And I'm not going to go through a whole drawn-out analysis because we're always time-constrained here. But I'll give you three key advantages that I thought really, really favor Michigan in this particular game. I think the point of attack, both sides of the line. I could rattle off statistics here to back this up. But Michigan should own both lines of scrimmage. If I go to protection of the quarterback and pressure on the quarterback, Michigan owns both of those. You know, they're plus 23 sack differential this year. They've gotten 20 more sacks of the opposing quarterback than they've allowed. DCU, where sack differential is concerned, is minus two. And Max Dugan's a mobile quarterback. Um, so big advantage there for Michigan. And then how about this explosive touchdowns? We usually don't associate Michigan with the explosive TDs, but we saw what J.J. McCarthy and company did against Ohio State when dared to do so. Michigan has scored 22 times outside the red zone this year, but that's not even the number that I care about mostly. It's the fact that they've allowed four touchdowns all year long outside the red zone in 13 games played. And if TCU is going to have a shot here, Gabe, they're going to have to make some big plays in that passing game. Michigan just doesn't allow them. So I think that Michigan's got three key edges here, and their injury situation looks good. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I had a couple of questions about Michigan and injuries, but Mike Morris, all Big Ten defensive lineman of the year, he's going to play. Um, Donovan Edwards, who had the hand problem, catching passes in practice, looks like he's going to play. So, you know, it's been a long season of TCU comebacks, get in trouble, come back, get in trouble, come back, get in trouble, come back. And I just think at some point in time, that stuff wears on you, wears on you. And maybe it wore off when they lost to K-State, right? Um, but I think it really wears off here. Michigan's been here, got their butts kicked think they remember it i think michigan minus the points is the right side rob what about the total do you think we can get there to 58 points uh you know what most TCU it's a sharp number isn't do. it it seems like a good number right sort of right around there yeah because yeah, a logical score here would be at least in my world a logical score would be something like 37 21 38 20 and that puts you right on that number i'll say this the best defense Total yardage-wise, the TCU played all year long was Texas. They ranked number 51, and they had their worst offensive game against Texas. Michigan ranks number three overall in total yardage defense. So I just don't see a lot of ways for TCU here, unless they force some turnovers and get some short fields. But, again, that's real tough to project here when you're going to bet the game. I've got I've got Michigan covering, but I think it's going to be a little bit higher scoring. I got the same ballpark for Michigan. I keep coming back to, like, 40 to 28 type thing 41 28 41 27 
I think the TCU can get into the mid twenties. You know, wouldn't shock me if they got you know twenty seven, twenty eight. You know, the late score. You know, 42-28, or it looks a little closer, 40, you know, 41-34, maybe a back door or something like that. But, you know, the the difference, listen, they both have good offenses, but I feel the same way. I've been talking about, they haven't seen a defense like Michigan before. You know, especially with the time to prepare, Michigan are going to take away a lot of what they're going to want to do. I can just envision Duggan running for his life. Like, he, you know, a lot of stuff that they run won't be there for them. And he's going to have to run for his life. And I think he's going to make plays. You know, the kid's a great quarterback. I think he will make plays. So, uh, Ohio State and uh, and Georgia. This number is fascinating that it just hasn't moved off the six and a half total, sixty two and a half. And I feel like the dog plus the points here, Gabe, is the way I would lean. Um, I'm not saying Ohio State's definitely going to win the game and play a money line, but I do think. Listen, when these games are played at this level, at this height, the Final Four, generally they're one at the line of scrimmage. And there's not that big of a discrepancy here. We hear an awful lot about how great Georgia's defensive line is. It's true. It's all true, right? But Ohio State owns one of the top five offensive lines in the nation. If they can stand up to Georgia here and at least keep um, – keep their quarterback halfway upright and keep some holes open for the running backs, then I think they can be right in this thing. And we saw LSU in that SEC title game absolutely light Georgia up through the air. I mean, Brian Kelly's team threw for over 400 in that game. Point was made to me, yeah, Rob, a lot of that was in the fourth quarter. I get it. But Georgia knew they had to throw in the fourth quarter to try and catch up. And still, LSU was completing passes all over the lot. If there's one weakness, and we're really nitpicking at Georgia here, but if there is one weakness, it's been that past secondary. They acknowledge it. They've had a lot of time to try and, you know, scheme up something in that defensive backfield. But I just don't know that they can do it against this team, against this passing attack, and especially if Ohio State gets some ground game working as well. So I think plus six and a half is worth it. A phrase was used to me on a show with a colleague of mine, Ralph Michaels, who said to me, you know what, Rob, Ohio State's playing with house money. And that phrase always resonates with me. I think the teams that are loose and play with house money and are getting points in a situation like this, probably worth it. Ohio State, excuse me, Ohio State, eight and two against the spread as a dog last 10 tries to boot. Uh, Rob Vino uh, joining us. So, Rob, you know, I, it's hard to get in front of Georgia, but Ohio State really do match up well, right? Ohio State was everybody's darling until they got smashed by Michigan in the second half of the football game. But, you know, everyone talks about Georgia and and the NFL prospects that they have and the talent. But you look at the offensive linemen here in, in Paris Johnson, not Ohio State, as good as it gets. You look at their running backs that they have, as good as it gets. Marvin Harrison Jr., as good as it gets, right? I mean, we could go on. C.J. Stroud, you were talking earlier about Alabama. You got two guys that could be, you know, in the top three picks in the draft. C.J. Stroud could be one of the top three picks in the NFL draft as well. So, honestly, there is a lot of pressure on Ryan Day. They're not like some Cinderella team. Yeah. They get in here. I don't like, you know, I know it seems high, but, you know, at 62 and a half in the Georgia game, but you got Ohio State to put up 44.5 points per game, and the Georgia Bulldog offense puts up 39.7 per game. I like the over. Yeah, I could not talk you off of that. If I was going to play the over in one of those two semifinal games, it would be this one. I'm going to make one more point here fundamentally real quick, Gabe. When Ohio State got drilled, by Michigan, you know, they went into that game up until that point of the season. J.J. McCarthy had not proven to anybody that he could beat them downfield with his arm. And Ohio State basically dared him to do so on that day. 
And on that day, he did, right? They scored five touchdowns of 40 or more yards. Four of those were 65 or more yards. But they don't deal with that dual threat here. They don't have to come in and game plan for J.J. McCarthy and say, you know, we're going to take away his running ability. Stetson Bennett is not really a runner, so you can play him as a drop-back passer. I think it's a big advantage for Jim Knowles and that Ohio State defense. Let's not forget, it's the same Jim Knowles who put together that Oklahoma State defense last year, which was the best defense Mike Gundy had in his entire 19-20-year tenure. Rob, we've got about a minute uh, left here, and it's always a great breakdown uh, that you give us, and we appreciate it. NFL football, New Year's Day. What do you like? What catches your eye the most if you want to pick out a game? I think Carolina catches my eye, Gabe. I mean, I see no reason to not fade Tampa at this point in time, right? Here's a team last week that was a seven-and-a-half-point favorite to a team that was running Trace McSorley out there at quarterback and a team that, for all intent and purposes, could give up on the season, Arizona. And Tampa Bay's life and death in the fourth quarter. If Carolina wins this game, they become tied with Tampa Bay in the NFC South but own the tiebreaker. Um, they already beat Tampa once this year, 21-7. to And... And believe it or not, I mean, we wouldn't have thought Sam Darnold would be quarterback in this team the way he is right now, but they got the ground game working. I just don't see any reason not to take over a field goal in that particular game. Rob, happy new year. Excellent stuff, my man. We really appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, thanks for joining us throughout the season. I look forward to talking about the championship game and the final week of NFL play with you next week. Happy new year. Enjoy the festivities. We'll see you online. It's always a pleasure, my man. Hey, always a pleasure, Gabe. Thanks for having me. An enjoyable segment for me every week. Happy New Year, and I'll get with you next week. Awesome stuff with Rob Vino. The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Care to place a wager? Tomorrow night on Fox's Celebrity Boxing, I've got Carol Channing beating Mike Tyson in three rounds. Carol Channing. You've got Carol Channing, the actress, beating Mike Tyson, the boxer. Hell, give me 50 bucks on Tyson. Yeah, you're in good company. Betting Freddy took the same wager. kickoff it's getting real i try to uh, count down how many hours it is right now but i think i'd screw it up what time is it anyways <laughs> what time you know i can tell you you know what it is it's uh we're 16 hours and 19 minutes that's what we are we're 16 hours and 19 minutes away from kickoff matthias see i feel like you did before the argentina match um 
Except not not quite as stressed, I don't think, to be honest. And not like I said, not to dis- dismiss um, TCU, but I feel pretty good. And I, I like Michigan's chances tomorrow. It's, it's weird. Sometimes I get nervous, but put it this way. I'm more concerned or worried, I should, you know, worry, concern, whatever. I'm also a, a lifelong Buffalo Bills fan. I'm more concerned with that Bills-Bengals game. I'm like, oh, boy. Like, for me, I'm sort of like, let's win this Michigan game, then, and then let's move on to Monday in the Buffalo Bill game, all right? Because that Bill game is massive. Like, you saw it's a regular season game. Nah, you're playing for the number one. Like, this is big. Buffalo wins this game. Like, their chances of getting the top seed is it's pretty – it's not a done deal, but it's, you know, close. And it's it's big, big. You know what I mean? And, in fact, if some things happen, it could be. Like, it's, it's that big. Cincinnati are red hot. Tough game. Tough game. So we've been kicking around. Uh, so yeah, Degenerate Dean says it's 13 hours. I said I would get it wrong, and I was so confident. <clears throat> no, it isn't. Oh, wait, wait. I'm confused with the, the you know what? It's a stupid time zone again. <laughs> I better figure this out because I'm on when this game starts. Here, let me reset this. I'm on at uh, 1 in the afternoon, and you're right. This game's in like 12 and a half hours. <laughs> you got 13 hours, Gabe. You got 13 So hours. I, what you're telling me, Matthias, is I'm on the air in 13 hours again then. Exactly. Are you doing the show? Exactly. Are you working with us? Are you, are you ready to go? I will not be working the show tomorrow, <laughs> Gabe. I will not. I will not. 13. <laughs> 13 hours from now. I'm on, I'm on in 13 hours. It's a good thing I didn't no, set my alarm for 16 hours from now. That TCU Michigan game, that game is Argentina versus Netherlands. You feel good, but it's also TCU. yes, yes, yes. You're right. It's also, you're right. like you know, let's not underestimate that. That's a good comparison. TCU and and Holland are kind of the same. You're right. It's like no, no, they're really, really good, but you still like we should win. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah it's it's one of those deals. It's gonna be tough. I'm thinking ahead here. Like just you know, you can't think ahead, but Georgia are so tough. I don't know. You know, now that the games are here, all this talking and who cares what any of us say, right? They're going to go out there and going to play the games 13 hours from now, not 16. Like I said, I'm not even going to try. I'm going to screw it up. And I'm like, oh, that's 16. 16 hours. You know why? Because I basically looked up and I see a clock in front of me that said 11.44. And I'm like, yeah, the game starts at 4 o'clock. But as I stated, I'm an idiot. The game starts at 4 o'clock Eastern, but I'm on the West Coast, so. <laughs> so. Like I said, I shouldn't have attempted it. I should not have attempted it. It's been, been, uh, been one of those weeks. been one of those, like, it's been, been like actually one of those, like, two months or something, I should say. Let me ask you this, Gabe. If you didn't have a future on the Bills having the best record in the NFL, would, would, would that game still be as big as the Michigan game? I don't even, that doesn't even cross my mind, Matthias. Nice. I don't I care about that. For a second, for a second no. I thought that you have a lot of money on this season total. Yeah, I do, but I don't care about that. The Bills need to win to get home field advantage in the playoffs, bro. It's not about my bat. It's about them. If they're going to win the Super Bowl, they need to win this game. Hell yeah, right? Gabe. They, you know what? That Spoken like a real fan, man. Spoken like a real fan. You're right. It's for home field advantage. Gives you the best chance to win the Super Bowl. That's a hell of an answer. Well, it's just the truth. I mean... Listen, the Bills could win without home field, but they didn't the last two years. So they'd be better to try to like <laughs> get home field. They, listen, the last two last year we know what happened in in, in the game, thirteen seconds, and um, 
And um, the year before, they lost to the Chiefs. So they've lost two years in a row to the Chiefs in the playoffs in Kansas City. Right? And so it's it's not it's not hard to figure out that, all right, guys, you know, let's get home field. And the whole key about home field as well is, like, you, like I've been saying, there's no guarantee, but you're minimizing your chances of losing. Instead of having to play three games, you only have to play two games. And not only that, you're playing two games and it's at home. And not to mention, the Buffalo Bills play Cincinnati. We'll get back to the college, but the Bills play uh, Cincinnati on Monday. After that, they go back to Buffalo and they host the Patriots next week. So, in other words, the Buffalo Bills win on Monday night. They'll, they can set this up where they would never leave Buffalo again until February for the Super Bowl. Think about that. Not one more trip. I would sell that to them, too, before. I'd say, you know what, guys? Are you sick of this? Are you sick of you know, taking planes everywhere and these team buses and this crap that we got to meet? all meet at 7.40 a.m. and Right? Tell them, we win this, we win this game, man. <laughs> Throw your suitcases away. We're staying in Buffalo till we make it to the Super Bowl. Right? That's big. Like, you know, they had the last home game. Then think about that. They would have lost their last home game, and then they would have two weeks off at home, just preparing, getting healthier, at home, no travel. It's just, you know, it, there's there's a lot, there's a lot at stake. There, there's a lot at stake. So obviously there's a lot of stake in these in these games. If you think about it, listen, props to Sonny Dykes. Hell of a run for TCU. Props to Sonny Dykes. This guy's like a college football lifer. Nobody ever has a bad word to say about him. You know, you see he's like the riverboat gambler. He does crazy things in the game. He's a hell of a coach. The players love him. Um, so, you know, props to Sonny Dykes. And Sonny Dykes, get it. it's almost like making a Final Four of this, right? You made the playoffs. It's sort of the same thing nowadays, the equivalent. Like, the Final Four is like, all right, you know, you got a hell of a year, hell of a year, you made the playoffs, you know? So... Hell of a year. You look at Harbaugh, on the other hand. Harbaugh's had a lot of success in his life, right? You know, I mean, the guy's a you know, multi-millionaire. He had success as a quarterback with the Michigan Wolverines. And, in fact, you know the last time the Michigan Wolverines played in a Fiesta Bowl, Harbaugh scored two touchdowns and led into a victory. It's just a little, t- you know, little. That's the last time they played in a Fiesta Bowl in 1986. So, you know, Harbaugh was a good quarterback in Michigan, great quarterback in Michigan. You know, very good quarterback. You know, good, you know, great. You know, wasn't a superstar, but he was. You know, went to the NFL, played for the Chicago Bears after, right? So he, you know, he went to the Bears. Think about it. Bo Schembechler was one of his coaches. Then he had to deal with Mike Ditka. Uh, that'll toughen you up in a hurry. And um, of course, Harbaugh's father, what Jack, is uh, is a coach too, right? So, um, so Harbaugh's had a great, you know, great run there. Quarterback goes into the NFL. Had a nice run with the Indianapolis Colts in the playoffs uh, later in his NFL career. Becomes a college coach. Becomes a college coach. Now, he did win Big Ten titles as a player. Uh, uh, becomes a, uh, a a college coach with San Diego. Has success. Goes to Stanford. You know, won, won the Rose Bowl, whatever it was. You know, one of those BCS games, whatever. You know, with Andrew Luck. They had a bunch of success. They won. Goes to Sanford's, but didn't win the national championship. Goes to the San Francisco 49ers. Takes the 49ers to the freaking Super Bowl. And the NFC Conference Championship game. And, you know, with Kaepernick, right? So there was the Super Bowl and the NFC Conference Championship game the following year. So he's four yards away from winning. It was it on the five, whatever. Like, Niner fan, whatever. I had a lot of money on that game, and I was with you. I was on the Niners. 
You guys know what I'm talking about. It was first and freaking goal from the four type of deal, and they could have won that Super Bowl. They didn't get it in. They didn't punch it in. Didn't like the play calling. Uh, didn't punch it. I don't know how the hell you didn't run Kaepernick. But nevertheless, uh, falls short, right? Makes it to the college football playoffs last year. Falls short. So, you know, Harbaugh's had a ton of success and Pac-12 titles and Big Ten titles. And as a player, he's been in the NFL. He's made a ton of money. Like, you know what I mean? His life is blessed, right? You know what I mean? He, you know, he's, he's a blessed man. But, but, you know, he wants to win, right? It's about winning. He's done everything but win Harbaugh in his life. He's done everything but, you know, like people always, oh, Harbaugh, that's like, imagine Harbaugh with the ring, right? It's like, yeah, well, he got the ring. His brother beat him in a Super Bowl. His brother. His brother has a ring. Imagine that, sitting there, you know what I mean, when they get together and play golf in the summer and he busts out the ring and it's, you, know, you don't have it. He does, right? And you're, you've had a more accomplished career as a player and, you know, Harbaugh is a football lifer, right? So imagine, you know, he's got so much on the line here. Ryan Day's job is on the line. Ryan Day's job, like, I'm not saying that Ryan Day gets fired if they lose, because whatever, he got him into the playoffs, but they lose to Michigan next year, and oh yeah, the game's in Ann Arbor, they lose to Michigan next year, and whatever, he's done. If he loses three years in a row, and if something, if they get smoked in this game tomorrow, he's done. He has to win, like, they, they're already getting a little bit frustrated with him, and he keeps running his mouth, he keeps, like, insulting the other team's coaches and players and stuff all the time, and it pisses people off, like Tony Finn said. We're gonna hang a hundred on Michigan. Yeah, when? What do we? What? What? Coach? When? When? when we're, we're still waiting for that, right? He he called out Harbaugh when Ohio when Harbaugh signed the extension. Ohio State tweeted out like a smiling emoji, right? Like they're just jackasses and whatever. I think they're gonna play well tomorrow though. I think Ohio State are gonna play well. I don't like them. I'm a Michigan fan, but I'm telling you, I think Ohio State will play well, but they're still gonna lose. Right? Like, they won't embarrass themselves. It's not going to be like, oh, we told you they shouldn't be there. Right? It's not going to be one of those deals. They're good. Right? But their defense is the problem. Ohio State are kind of finesse now. Their offense, they're almost like Ohio State or almost USC. Like, they really are. They're going to score. They get the ball. They're going to score 40 points a game. And they're going to score. They got C.J. Stroud. They got Marvin Harrison Jr. They got, like, the, they got the great backs in the backfield. But, but their defense is the problem. Like, you see, like, they're they're kind of... The Ohio State are like the classic bully. You know what I mean? Like, they they push people around, they kick sand in people's faces and laugh at them and take their money and their girl and stuff. But if one of the kids decides, you know what, to punch them in the face, they don't deal with it well. And Georgia are going to punch them in the face. So I think that Ohio State will make plays. They're going to score. I think the game's going to go over. But I think ultimately... We saw Michigan just punish Ohio State two years in a row here physically in the trenches, just wear them out running the ball. Ohio State are not great at stopping the run. And Georgia have three backs that all have 500 yards or more rushing, six or, uh, six or more touchdowns each. So they don't have that star back, but they have a stable of backs that are always fresh. It's even better than having that star back, right? Like, if Michigan, if Donovan Edwards goes down, they're in trouble. Like, they already lost Blake Corbin. Think about this. Michigan don't have their best running, but the Heisman Trophy candidate on their team. I like the over. I think I think Georgia and Ohio State, final score, I think it's going to get up there. 
I think it's going to be like, you know, Georgia's going to win like 45 to 35 or 45 31 or something. I think Georgia will be close enough, but Georgia will like do enough and score and pull away. And similar with Michigan. I don't think Michigan and TCU will be quite the track meet because I think both teams are going to try to run the ball more than people. I think TCU are going to run the ball more than people think. Because Duggan can get murdered back there if they throw every all the time. More on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Sports Talk Radio, and you know what? I guess that's it for the year. Sounds crazy to say. But this is it. If this is it, it's the end of the road. Let's see if it's the end of the road for TCU or is it the end of the road for for Michigan? Is it boys to men time for Ohio State? Or is it boys to men time for Georgia? Two teams tomorrow will be listening to boys to men. It will be the end of the road. I think, you know, I think we're in for some fun football. I don't think these games are going to be blowouts. Normally, the college football playoff games are blowouts. I don't think they are uh, this time, but I think that both the favorites will do enough to pull away and cover the respective point spreads. I think both games are going to go over. Are we going to be right about this on all four? It almost seems too simplistic that, hey, we'll take Michigan minus the points and the over. We'll take Georgia minus the points and the over. If if it's one of those deals, hey, listen, Morency, you know what? You can you, you pick one, pick one. What's going to happen? I would say that Ohio State and Georgia would go over the number, dude. They both average forty points a game. Like it's gonna, it's you know, Ohio State can't stop anything, right? Like Georgia going to go up and down a field on them, and Ohio State are going to be playing from behind, but Ohio State will put points up, and I think the TCU and Michigan will be close. Like it'll be like a heavyweight fight. It'll be a slugfest. Like, as a Michigan fan, I'm expecting some nervous moments early in the game. Michigan have been slow starters against everybody. Uh, you know, TCU are going to be all fired up. They know TCU hear the, the the they hear the jackasses like us talk, right? And it gets back to them. No one believes you're going to win. Everybody says you don't. You shouldn't be here, right? Like uh, you know, Steve Merrill today said he hasn't ranked 12th in the country. Enjoy the game, Matthias. Happy New Year. Great job. Can't believe the year is gone. But I'm going to be on live tomorrow. So the year is, really isn't done for us. 4 o'clock Eastern. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. Go Blue. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.